You know, they say there's eight wonders of the world. Well, the ninth wonder of the world has just entered the NWC. He's a man that knows no bones. He's the man that's known as Mr. Intensity. He's the man known simply as Warrior. Mr. Billy Anderson, one of the true warriors of all time. We're no stranger warriors. Can I have the forum, Mr. Billy Anderson? It's all yours. All those warriors out there that have been asking for the last two and a half years, what happened to the ultimate warrior? What happened to the warrior? What happened? Why did he leave all those places that he was? And where is he going to be again? Wherever I may be, you can believe me. There's a message in the passion I have for answering challenges. And if there are those with familiar names, Honky Tonk Man, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, and those others that are here grooming themselves to become superstars in whatever federation, whatever group or organization they choose. I'm here to seek and raise them to the level they can come to. Or I'm here to take the familiar ones back down to the dungeon where the warriors have been hanging and banging for the last two and a half years. Forget me not, the warrior stands all alone. There are those that will imitate the warrior, there are those that will try and duplicate what I possess. But there is no one who feels the clawing of those warriors in his back, in the meat, in the spine, like I do. And by Comp 92.3 FM, the Rock of Las Vegas. And by Allstate Automarine and Electric for all of your automotive repairs. Welcome, fans, to this week's edition of NWC Slammin'. I'm your doctor, T.C. Martin, and alongside of me, the guru, Big Al Renz. Well, fans, this week on NWC Slammin', we are going to continue to show you action from the NWC Tag Team Tournament. Semi-final action, Big Al. We've got the Powers of Pain, the Warlord, the Barbarian, the Aerial Assault with Bobby Bradley and Rob Van Dam, the Power Twins, Dreaded Pain, and more. Unpredictability reigns supreme in the NWC as always, Doc. You know, the Powers of Pain, round two is in against Aerial Assault. You fans that saw this match live, you know it's one for the record books. That's right. We will continue to show you action as we get ready to crown tag team champions here in the NWC. And wait, fans, the weeks are counting down closer and closer to Saturday night, October the 7th. That's right. It's the one-year anniversary extravaganza, the NWC at the Aladdin Theater, Saturday, October the 7th. And the main event, one for the record books. The Warrior battles Jim the Anvil Neidhart. You know, Doc, I couldn't think of a better person birthday present for the NWC, then they had the Warrior and the Anvil squaring off right in that squared circle. That is the main event, and there's a whole lot more in store around your door, more of what you're looking for right here on NWC Slammin'. Let's get right to the ringside for this week's action. This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with your host, the professor, Chao Bello Veracruz. Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder. And I will take the powers of those that have no fear. And the prodigal one, JB. The queen. The queen of the crop. Now it's time to go back in time in the time machine. 
You know what? The professor is not going to be voting for Jim Jordan. The professor is going to be voting for his favorite Republican ever. No, not The Rock. I'm talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger for Speaker of the House. He's the man. I'll be back. The Terminator should be the Speaker of the House. No uh, Jim Jordan. No uh, Ted Cruz. No uh, Matt Gates. No Liz Cheney. No, uh, you know, no Ronald Reagan. I want Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger should have been Speaker of the House. When he left the governorship, but that's neither here nor there. But again, maybe T.W. has his own uh, picks for his Speaker of the House. You know, neither here nor there. But it is a celebration. You know what? We had so much momentum from last week's PWR episode. You know, the what is. I keep telling y'all, the what is are the most popular segments of, you know, the PWR podcast here at the How Many Media Group at Podbean.com. I get people sliding into the DMs. No, not that way, TW. But they're sliding into the DMs, you know, talking about what ifs. You know, they're giving the professor, they're giving TW, you know, tidbits. They're giving their own, like, you know, you know, they're begging us to do what-ifs of their own scenarios. And, of course, I take a list. T.W. takes a list. We will get to them. There's just too much right now. But also, I just love when people slide into the DMs. No, T.W., not that way either. But they slide into the DMs because they want to react. They want to react to the show. They want to react to what we're talking about with the what-ifs. So, so shout outs to all the reflectionites that slid into those into the DMs because TW was part of the slide. He doesn't want to admit it, but he was part of the slide. So I'm gonna protect the innocent here. I'm gonna protect the, you know, all the names out there. But just thank you. We understand it, and that's what we want. We want a reaction. But neither here nor there, but welcome or welcome to the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast here at the How Many Media Group at Podbeam.com. And if you don't know me, you should know by now. It's been fucking seven or eight years. I don't know if you don't know my name, but I will still repeat myself. I am the oh-so-studious one. I am the oh-so-glamorous one. I am the oh-so-scholarly one. But most importantly, I am the oh-so-glorious one. The only objective man in this IWC, YWC, PWC, Pimentry. The only objective man in this political spectrum. That's why I want Arnold Schwarzenegger as my Speaker of the House. But again, neither here nor there. You're a friend of mine, the Professor Chabelle Cruz. And I'm not here alone, no, 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 no. Because when I go episodic, I got to bring this man into the fold. I got to bring this man, his wrestling, his wrestling skills, his wrestling knowledge, his wrestling apropos. He is part of this family. He is part of this, you know, conversation. I need this man for this conversation. He is your friend of mine, Mr. Dumb 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 and its own. The liberal conservative, the conservative liberal, the iron stomach one, Dr. Frickenstein, 
and Michigan's sexiest bald guy, Tommy Wonder, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, and you just like you just made my head spin because the first time you guys did the episode, I was with Travis in North Dakota. It was August of 2016. Damn, that Seven years and three months ago, which means I've I've lived a lot of places. I've only lived two places mm-hmm. uh, as longer than I've been doing this podcast with you. Because I did one in 2014 before I started doing it all the time. Um, right. I've only had one job longer than that, and that was our van. Every mm-hmm. other job has been three, four years, seven years. That's in crazy. That's in, that's nuts. And uh, it took me a second to figure out what the DMs, but you were talking about our buddy. It was going off the rails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but that was awesome. That was cool. Because, hey, we say it all the time. There's eight, nine, ten people that listen to us. There's probably more. There's just eight who are interactive. And it feels good when we do this that someone reaches out and says something about it. It gives credence to us doing it other than you and I just talking to each other once a week for an hour or so. Yeah, you know. Which I is my mind. payday, by the way. That's I enjoy you and I hanging out once a week to do of it. Course. So. And if we can get Ray to figure out we're not doing it on Tuesdays, that we do it on Mondays, he can join us one time. That would be great, too. Well, the last time Ray tried to join us on a Monday, you, you know, was MIA because you had a concert. But again, I don't want to yeah. bring the receipts out. But again, right. we will never know if Big Ray is going to join us for a three-man panel, at least for one episode. But again, but then Ray will have to pick the episode. You know how Ray is. He wants to pick the episode. He wants to pick the show, the show ideas. And, you know, of course, the professor... He does everything for the Reflection X. He does everything for the PWR podcast. But sometimes I got to pick some shows myself. But again, neither here nor there. But it is time to TW. We go episodic. It is time because now we're getting closer and closer to the elusive 200. I don't know what we're going to do by 200 because I, I'm, I might have to buy streamers. I might have to buy balloons. You know, I might have to decorate. Or I might have to invest in some CGI or something to make it look like we're celebrating something. Because you're on your side, you can decorate better because you already have the Hall of Wonders. But you're going to have to pick a great episode for 200. But we are at number 176, TW. We're getting there closer. And I saw you was trying to blink those lights. You're trying to be slick there. Again, I see that. The professor has a keen eye for things. People think I screen. They're way up here. I see one. That's it. But I saw the blink. Oh, by the way, you never asked me. Was that? It's it's recording the call, or maybe you did ask me. I don't remember, but I see it's recording. Of course. Only because I'm looking for these damn lights, which I don't see. Yes, see, that's why you multitask a lot, and then you forget certain things. But that's that's okay. But again, this is episode 176, so we're so close. We're getting to the elusive 200, so I'm very happy about that. We're inching closer and closer to that mountaintop of 200, but... We got to talk about 176 Reflection Nights. And I picked a doozy because this is, again, another organization that I never heard of. But that's because I lived on the East Coast. And this is another organization that TW did not have in his bookings because he probably would have went to Las Vegas, shoot some craps, fuck some ring rats, and get a payday, you know, working at the Aladdin Theater. But, you know, Reflection Nights and TW... Do you know that this organization was the first organization that Dave Meltzer shilled for? It wasn't AEW. 
This was this was the organization because <laughs> this was the organization that he deemed, and also Pro Wrestling Illustrated. But I don't think Bill Athlete was a part of Pro Wrestling Illustrated in the nineties. I forget. So correct me if I'm wrong, Ray. You know, I don't know how long Bill Athlete was involved with PWI, but I know Milton wasn't he always? He's he, no, he I, he left PWI. I don't know I, when. I don't. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know he left. No, I no. He was no after was still a part of the PWI during this time because in ninety four with Starcade ninety four he was awarding Hulk Hogan Wrestler of the Year or popular wrestler on the Starcade thing so he was still part of it but again that's neither here nor there but again like I said Dave Meltzer shielded for this particular company TW first and foremost as one of the best indie promotions in the mid nineties and no he's I'm not talking about ECW Reflection Nights I'm talking about the N WC. What does the NWC stand for? Reflectionize the National Wrestling either Council or Conference. But it was the NWC, and it was founded, TW, if you did not know, by a former WWF ring announcer named TC Martin. So before anything, we'll talk about this episode that I found, this hidden gem from 1995. But TW, you know, and you are wrestling right now. And again, I must have to ask that same question because, you you know, you heard about OVW that one time we talked about the OVW episodes. But again, it's not about a what if. But this is 1995, TW. You're in the wrestling scene and the wrestling circa. And the cast of characters that was in the NWC were former WWF stalwarts like Tito Santana, like Virgil, like the Powers of Pain, like the Honky Tonk Man. And I'll leave out one name important because we'll leave that for later and you know who i'm talking about but you get where i'm going with this yeah and in the nwc reflection nights there were up and comers there were former there were ecw people here like terry funk like sabu and an up and comer like mr monday night mr pay-per-view rob van dam so the question of the million dollar question the sixty-four thousand dollar question tw is how the hell did you didn't even hear of the NWC? I didn't. I'm not saying why didn't you, you know, try to book yourself there. How the hell did you not hear about it? I know it was in the West Coast. I know it was Las Vegas. But you're in the wrestling circle. I'm sure the honky tonk man passed by in in the Midwest to tell you about this. This is '95. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely littered with WWE guys, like fresh out of there, like not not like. 10 years ago, they last won WWE, like 94, 93. I'm certain a lot of these guys were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm stunned they went there and not WCW, but I, I get it. There, there's been bridges burned. There's politics involved. Uh, some guys don't want to work a full schedule. They just want to go get a payday. Because this is around the time when I learned from Road Warrior Hawk, you can make a grand a night doing indies and just do two a week, and you're good to go. And you don't even got to do them every week, and you're making a mm-hmm. hundred grand. And they're paying for your trans, they're paying for your hotel. I'm assuming. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. A, a grand for maybe two weeks, and they pay for everything. Well, that's because you have a, if you have a name and a reputation, you can no, get no, that no. kind of payday. A grand right? a shot. Grand Hawk a shot. Hawk Jeez. told me he charges a thousand dollars a pop, right? Mm-hmm. But okay. if you book him for two, he does seventeen, and if you do for three, he does like fifteen hundred. Ends up doing five hundred a gig, right? Oh, because okay. this means he only has to go, you know, he'll take 1500 to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever the case may be, then he doesn't have to get on an airplane six times. He's only got to get on it twice because normally okay. you're they're going to pay for your room. Someone's driving you around. They're mm-hmm. more than likely feeding you. So you're just pocketing 1500 rather than take a grand to wrestle Friday in Cleveland, a grand to wrestle Saturday in Philadelphia, and then mm-hmm. Sunday you got to wrestle in uh, Virginia. That's a lot of more wear and tear. I don't. I don't think he did fifteen hundred for three a triple shot. No, but, but I, I get. I get the hypothesis that he he commands a thousand. He commands right. fifteen hundred. I get you, but that's but, actually but good. That mm-hmm. said, I don't mm-hmm. know what NWC money they were working with to have all these different names. I'm not saying any names because obviously you're saving one who, by the way, would probably command way more money than the rest of those guys. I know that figure very well, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, but so, Jim but those guys not, are probably just, coming in. They're probably coming just, in and taping like a month's worth of shit in two days. Well, again, this this organization had a lot of steam and a lot of notoriety for having the PWI and for having the Wrestling Observer to say that this is the best indie promotion in the mid nineties, again, ECW didn't garner that. We I, again, this was East Coast, so maybe we, I might have like, we might have put a little bit more oomph into ECW because we were very tribalistic towards it. But I don't know if the the magazines was that uh, forthcoming to it. Maybe to a degree. Maybe it was the second best promotion. But NWC had a. I'll say this, TW, because for the NWC and Reflection Ice, I'll try to use this as as the best analogy as, as I can, and TW will know where I'm going with this. T.C. Martin here, who is the, he was in the white coat, TW, if you didn't know who it was, but T.C. Martin was like the, the head uh, play-by-play guy, but he was the owner of, of NWC. Again, like I said, former ring announcer for WWF, probably in the West Coast areas, you know, the sports arena of LA and all that stuff, neither here nor there. But T.C. Martin kind of reminded me of Herb Abrams without the coke. And kind of reminds me of Tony Khan right now without for the AEW. Coke. Without the coke. Well, we don't know. But again, without the coke. I'm trying to be no. nice here. But we know. But th- these are he he comes off a little eccentric, knowing that he's the owner of the NWCTW. He's got and he has investors. He's got a nice locale in Las Vegas. It's hot, 90 degrees, give or take 90 degrees. And you're booking at the Aladdin or the Silver Nugget, wherever the case may be. And like you said, TW, to get people like Jim DeAnvil Nahart, to get Virgil, to get the powers of pain, honky probably tonk. paying them, honky tonk man, probably paying them 750, 1,000, 1,500 to go there. They're going to go there for a couple of TV. And he got TV over there. He already, he got sponsorships and he has the Aladdin Theater. That's probably doing like 1,500, 2,000 people. So he already had a lot of momentum going into he. It's kind of like, you know, how Tony Khan's already had like a head start above everybody else. He was the 90s version of Tony Khan having a head start like that, having a great locale, having wrestlers to come in. I don't know if the wrestlers took advantage of him because, again, he was kind of in the business to a degree. But he had a great locale and a great situation to have a hybrid of, four, of of WWF stars of the 80s to hybrid with up-and-comers like Rob Van Dam of the 90s and to have the ECW indie uh, indie-rific people like Terry Funk and Sabu and all that stuff. So what's ATW about what T.C. Martin brings to the fold for the NWC? 
Well, the the some of those guys you're talking about, they had Judge Dredd on this show. Um, mm-hmm. I think his name was George for some reason. I can't remember his name, but he he's somebody that came around here before they started pushing him on uh, ECW. What was he? Was Judge Dredd nine one one? No, that was that's that. It looks like him. I was looking. I had to do a double take. Okay, so you don't know Judge Dredd. No, I don't know Judge Dredd. Okay, so okay, that's I was confusing him with nine one one. Dredd did do ECW though, didn't he, for a minute? I, I would say maybe he did a different uh, different character, but I don't remember the name Judge. Because Judge Dredd was around here. He, he, he real nice guy. That big dude. He was a real nice guy. And this is around the time I met him. Would have been ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. Um, okay. Just real nice guy, and now that you're, now that we're just talking about it, I think he probably did talk about going to do stuff because he was friends with Sabu, Judge mm-hmm. Dredd, and I he think might, that's he might have stopped by an ECW, so it wouldn't have yeah. surprised me. I just it's, don't think the name Sabu of was Judge around Dredd. here all the time too, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Sabu and his and his uncle, the Sheik, they were here when I first started, and the Sheik passed away, but but Judge Dredd was was buddies with Sabu. Um, they both were there, but a lot of these guys. When did ECW start? The original Eastern Championship Wrestling? No, no. At ECW when Rob Van Dam and Sabu and Taz were there. Again, there's two parts. Were they Eastern, part of Eastern? Eastern? Eastern Championship Wrestling started in 92. I, Sabu started around ECW in 94. Rob Van Dam didn't come until 96. That's what I'm saying. This is before ECW for RVD. Mm-hmm. And his partner fucking looks just like him and i'm like you know how you watch some youtube clips and you can't see detail right like mm-hmm. unless they got really up close like the warlord when they were wrestling i couldn't get a good look at at his partner it was it was bob bradley and mm-hmm. i remember a job guy named bob bradley and so i went and deep dived on him he said he started in 82 and i'm like there's no fucking way because which means he's he but he started young and mm-hmm. a character i completely forgot about and, and when I saw it, I'm like, that's not right. This character was played by this guy. I found out Bob Bradley was Battle Cat. It was a doink situation. They made it Brady Boone. I was a big Brady Boone fan, by the way. So mm-hmm. when he became Battle Cat, I immediately knew that was Brady Boone, right? And then I think they exposed it in like one of the after mags or whatever that Battle Cat right. was Brady Boone. Well, after Brady Boone had his first televised match as, as Battle Cat, it mm-hmm. was against Bob Bradley. And then they he left the company, and then they made Bob Badley Battle Cat. And so, right. And then they scrapped that after a little bit. He had a little bit of a push. He beat Job Guys, and then team with Coco. And, and that's the partner of Rob Van Dam, Bob Bradley. The partner of Rob Van Dam. But when you're looking at it, you're you're looking at it through 2023 eyes, and you're thinking RVD's the veteran here. RVD's mm-hmm. only been wrestling two years by this point, maybe three. That dude is the veteran, and. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I, so I literally thought they called him Rob and Bob Van Dam. And I'm like, there's no fucking. I go, nobody's dumb enough to say Rob and Bob is two different people, right? So mm-hmm. so then I just I, I just thought, wow, that's incredible. Because I remember Bob Bradley, the job guy, but he looked way different here. And I think I've told you before that you would see guys, uh, as a funny side note, when this episode ended, the next thing that played on my YouTube was a WCW Saturday night. And it was Johnny B. Bad. Versus against one of my buddies, Otis Apollo, who's part mm-hmm. of the Can-Am, uh, the Canadian Lightning Tag Team uh, with Bobby Clancy, Irish Bobby Clancy, and, and Otis uh, Otis Apollo, but his real name was Phil, and he used to do jobs, and he was doing job with uh, Johnny Bad, so I actually watched that a little bit too. But anyway, what I was saying is, Bob Bradley looks different here 
wrestling for the NWC than he did when he was doing jobs for WWE. And that's what a lot of indie guys would do. They'd have gear that they would wear to do jobs. And then they, mm-hmm. they, they dress up like stars, if you will, in their local scene so that people yeah. don't know it's the same guy. Well, considering the fact that Bob Bradley started in the 80s, he's not good. Yeah, so he's not. I'm not saying that he didn't job in the 90s for WWF, but. No, he did. That's what I'm saying. He still was doing jobs. And then then he did this, Mm -hmm. and then he went back to doing jobs in 98. But Bob Bradley and Rob Van Dam, they were a tag team here at the NWC called the Aerial Assault. But you didn't answer the question. Again, the question was. T.C. Martin is doing what Tony Khan is doing, is doing what Herb Abrams is trying to do. Hybrid the pa- the, the stars of the past with some up-and-comers. So, oh, that's and again, it was, it was just, again, this is a two-part question. He's got television. He's got a great locale. So this is a great, and, and I can understand why PWI and why Dave Meltzer called this the best indie promotion because in comparison, and I'm being the most, you know me, T.W., I'm the most objective man in the IWC, YWC, PWC punditry. In comparison to ECW, in comparison to South Philadelphia, born and raised, if I would, you know, be in the wrestling journal, why are you stripping? Why the fuck are you stripping? I can't stand how I look in that shirt. It's got the bacon neck. <laughs> Michael right. Jordan talks about. Hey, yeah. man, at least I went like, off camera. No, you did. I'm seeing you strip. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? This is, this is not OnlyFans. This is not the PWR only fan. Oh God. Okay. Thank you. You put it on the iron sheet. But I'm trying to I'm trying to do a show reflection. I, again, the no, audio he's got people, a boner. No, I don't. <laughs> well, the audio people, they won't understand why I kind of like you know, I did a I did a fucking Ole Anderson shockmaster thing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking like what the hell is he doing? But again, if they track Brown, the slowest motherfucker out there, if he uploads the video, you will understand why the professor <laughs> did what he did. But again, I'm trying to get my train of thought here. But again, I was gonna say, as a wrestling journalist, if I'm in the wrestling business, TW, I would actually, you know, pull for NWC because of the locale. I would pull for NWC because of the maybe the the syndication deal that you have, the potential. I mean, you've have if you got Las Vegas under your back pocket, if you got Phoenix, Arizona, you got Los Angeles, California, maybe you can, you know, get some TV out of Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, all that stuff. Again, I'm thinking I'm expanding, but you can get the idea. He can control the West Coast, just like Paul Lee was trying to control the East Coast. But the West Coast, what does it offer? Again, hot, hot weather and all that stuff. So I would want to go. And if I'm hot a wrestler, chicks are a dime a dozen there. Right. So Unlike I would want. Hideous looking wrestler, hippos in Philadelphia. They, but I'm just. But I'm saying to you, if I'm a wrestler, I want to go to the hot locale. I want to go to the hot women, and probably potentially, I want to make the end of the sea more. You know. You know, bankroll. I want it to succeed more than I want ECW. So, what say you about that? And if you're a journalist and you want to cover it, what would you rather do? Cover some shit in Vegas or cover shit at a bingo hall in in Philadelphia? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not knocking it. It I'm not knocking it either. That the ECW is more traditional. Like, it's fucking. It's a hole in the wall that people are, you know, being carnies and and trying to get money. But Vegas is just like, dude. It's it's just a, I've been there twice. I every every time I leave there, I want to go right back, even though I'm ready to leave when I'm done, because you spend a lot of money there. But oh, yeah. and I don't even gamble; I just spend money. And right. so that would just be a nice place to go. And 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 to be fair to the yeah. other indies, mm-hmm. most indies can afford one, maybe two names, right? And mm-hmm. they're if there's two, they're working each other, 
and the rest of the show is Professor versus Calavera, uh, uh, Billy Ray versus Bubba Ray or, or Big Ray, and mm-hmm. a triple threat match. And you're not going to have all these guys. You're not going to have Sabu. Which, but th- that was my what I was starting to answer your question is I was trying to get the logistics of it all. RVD really wasn't shit yet, was my point. Is mm-hmm. And so it's good that he's using younger guys, but he's using older guys. And we're not really talking about results and stuff. I was stunned that Robbie, Robbie, Rob Van Dam and Bob Bradley beat the powers of pain. Like, that's how you do it. You bring in these names and then they win. And there was another match with that psycho Johnny Psycho Pain, which mm-hmm. uh, was he one of the pitbulls? No, the, the tag team name was the Deadly Pain, Johnny Psycho and Drudge Dread against the Power Twins. Right. But, we'll but his that. name was Johnny Psycho Pain or Johnny mm-hmm. Pain Psycho, some shit. He, I actually liked him. He was a little green, probably mm-hmm. needed some revision. But when I was looking at the, the roster on Wikipedia, it said he was the pitbull. So I was asking you, was he that's, one of the pit bulls? Yeah, no, so it's a different him. guy. Yeah. So, but that guy in Dread went over on the fucking Native Americans. I didn't see them. They just said that's who they won. So when they came out and beat the beat up on those twin brothers, and I'm like, I've never heard of either one of these fucking guys. I said, and I told Denise was watching with me. I said, if these two fucking guys beat these twins, then that will explain to me why I've never heard of this promotion before, right? And they did it. The, the twins won. I thought it was weird that Dread got pinned, and I think it was a small package. Uh, and 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 this is this is again, I'm not knocking AEW, and I get it to a point where you're trying to make it a blurred line between good guys and bad guys. The WWE's tried to do that for years and failed. But mm-hmm. the, the 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 AEW and this particular episode of this promotion, I don't know if they did it often. You cannot have Heels versus heels, and expect people to give a damn. Speaking of the after magazines, I, I've referenced this on this show before, referenced it to Travis and Tex. After did a, a, a story on a match in either Madison Square Garden, the Boston Garden, or the Philadelphia Spectrum, one of those house show circuit matches. Mm-hmm. It was Sheik and Volkov versus Valentine and Beefcake. And it said, the headline was, The Night the Fans Booed Everyone. And it's like, when when you're a wrestling fan and you're watching, you want someone to cheer for, right? Mm-hmm. But when the two big, bald, fat brothers come out, they're not bald, they're balding, and they're telling everybody, suck it. They're like, boo! Then the next two guys that come out are the two guys that just did bad guy promos to tell the fans to suck it, that Johnny Payne guy. Why would anyone care? And then Dredd turns on Johnny because he loses, which that was the right move. The twins should have won. They actually look mm-hmm. like a tag team. Then Johnny's the bad guy. He gets turned on, and he's still out there telling fans they suck. It's just so weird to me how backwards that particular seg was. But I like that the tag team unknown, never heard of twin brothers who look like a tag team, went over on Dread and Payne who looked like a hodgepodge team. And I like that the aerial assault, the young guys – Went over on powers, but the, but there's a reason for that. Again, you know, if NWC is gonna be this up and coming promotion, again, I I would say if TC Martin kept his head on a swivel, he understood what he wanted to do. He knew that the people like Ariel Assault, like Rob Van Dam and Bob Bradley, will be there longer than the powers of pain. And he knew 
and affordable. And that's a good word, affordable. He knew that the the power tunes would probably be there longer. He only needed Virgil. He only needed Jim the Animal Nightheart. He only needed the powers of pain for a reason to get these young guys over. And again, this is a formula that has been going on for you know decades, TW. But some yeah. people just don't understand this. Sometimes it even happens in WWE. Sometimes it happens in AEW. You know, a 50-year-old goes over on a 24-year-old. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. I'm, just, I'm just saying. Sometimes. I'm not going to name names. You know, Edge defeated Luchasaurus. But again. That's who? Who? Oh, you mean Copeland. Yeah, Mr. Coper. And by the way, I know it's all up in the, in the, all over our pages and all over that. Ricky fucking stars called him Adam Cole when he came to the ring. I was like, that's no one going to catch that? He says, I have no respect for you, Adam Cole. I have no respect for you, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danson. He goes, but I have some respect for you, Christian Cage. I told Travis and our buddy Matt in North Dakota, I said, say what you will about Vince McMahon and his control, but there wouldn't be fucking three Adams running around in the WWE, and certainly not an Adam Cole and an Adam Copeland who sound mm -hmm. exactly the fucking same other than there's an extra syllable. And Ricky Starrs come out and called him Adam Cole. And that, and that's why Vince will name you, will start naming people by their last names as right. their only names: Paige, right. Cole, and you know, Copeland. But again, yeah. but I'm just saying, TC Martin, if he kept his head on a swivel, Reflectionites, he had a good, you know, formula to get, you know, use the guys that had names to get the new stars over. And if you got to put them over some because otherwise yeah. they look like job guys. For but the re the reality is. I'm not paying to see Ariel Assault. I'm not paying to see Rob Van Dam and Bob Bradley yet. I'm paying to see the powers of pain. I'm paying to see Virgil. I'm paying to see Jim DeAnvil not hard. But I'm not paying to see Virgil, but yeah. No, no, but you got but yeah. you got names. You're paying for the names. You're paying for the That's names with the reputations and why they're you know, why you wanna again, it's the silver nugget. You wanna get a thousand Golden. people there for for no for a reason. Golden and again, nugget. what well, no, it's actually in my notes, it says Silver Nugget. So there were certain hotels in the that Las Vegas. That was a Jobber hotel. That was off the strip. That's what that was. It, it probably was off the strip. I wasn't. I wasn't in the uh, Las Vegas until after some of the constructions in the 2000s. After like 2005 myself. So again, neither here nor there. But you get where I'm going with this. You got right. you pay for the names with the street cred, and then you build, and then hopefully with each show passes by, Ariel will salt will gain the street cred. So this way, you will in the future pay. To see aerial assault. So, with that being said, TW, we must, oh, we must talk about this episode from 1995, September of 1995. And TW, somebody came back from the dead. Somebody after three makes years. It, after three years makes an appearance on syndicated television. No, it's not the Renegade Reflectionites. It was actually the ultimate. <laughs> Warrior, no, and he he couldn't call himself the Ultimate War because of trademark infringements. T.W. Because Vince McMahon sued the Ultimate Warrior Jim Helwig in court in Connecticut for a couple of years because of the copyright and name uh, name rights to the Ultimate Warrior. So the the Warrior himself, Jim Helwig, spun it around and just hyphenated his name to just Warrior. Now, in 1995, Reflection S and TW, to give you the logistics, now you talked about Road Warrior Hawk commanding a lot of money, like the $1,000 and 1500 Do you know what Warrior was getting paid, at least for one spot? 
It's got to be 10 grand. You got it. He asked for it and received $10,000. And this is probably where T.C. Martin lost his train of thought. He lost his focus because he got greedy. This is like, and reflectionize, if I'm going to use Warrior, I'm going to use an analogy that happened just recently. Tony Khan was so obsessed in his fandom to get CM Punk by any means necessary. He lost, you know, he, for Tony Khan, it, it's, he sacrificed locker room morale. For TC Martin to, to do any, by any means necessary, TW, to get the ultimate warrior on NWC TV, he sacrificed his pocketbooks. Why, why would he get $10,000 and Jim the Animal Nightheart gets 1000 I understand why, because Ultimate Warrior put asses in seats. But you're an up-and-coming indie promotion, TW. You don't have resources like Tony Khan. Yeah, you don't you're not have making that money back. You're not making that money back. You need to, like, sell out not the – you need to sell out the, the golden nugget, not the silver nugget, week in and week out. So, TW – now we'll talk about the Ultimate Warrior, and again, he commanded $10,000, but I, I understand T.C. Martin being, you know, the fan of wrestling and not a businessman. It was a coup to do something that WCW couldn't do. It was a coup to do something that Vince McMahon couldn't do. Get him on American wrestling television. So, so talk about anything about the Ultimate Warrior being on NWC TV. It should have been a coup. Yes, it should have. But we know that Ultimate Warrior's erratic behavior and expensive, you know, demands is one of the downfalls of NWC. So let's say about even seeing the Ultimate Warrior here because he had a commercial, too, in this episode. That so he probably got the 10 grand and then he also got multiple spots for promoting his school, the Warrior mm -hmm. Academy, which, by the way, I looked into and that was so expensive. I was like, not doing it. Um, uh -huh. Plus, it was in Arizona, and it might have started after I already started school. But I remember that that those commercials, because I want to say when he came back to WWE, there was commercials for that school, or at least right around the time when he came back that last time. I but, don't uh, recall. I don't recall Warrior University, but I recall the Warrior comic book as one of his kind of like deals with Vince McMahon in '96. But I get yeah, what you're going with, right? That. But I'm saying somehow I saw these Warrior Academy commercials, but I don't know if he fucking ran spots on other shit I was watching. I don't know. Not on Raw, not that I remember. But this was this was part of his deals. This was right. part of the ten thousand dollars. And, and it was like three years in 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 exile where he did nothing, and then. Mm -hmm. After that is when he went back to WWE. Then he did all that fucking internet stuff that pissed everybody off. And then he ended up in, in WCW. But um, I, it should have to been me, if you're going to put 10 grand on this guy, mm -hmm. I don't know how to fuck Jim Neidhart as his opponent. Like, I, I don't get it. Um, I know he worked Honky Tonk Man, too. And uh, that was the only two matches he had. And then he left. Yeah, but but mm -hmm. I don't how Nightheart. I don't I don't just don't get how Nightheart like if whatever you paid Nightheart, you couldn't have paid Sergeant Slaughter. You couldn't have paid, you know what I mean? Somebody to come mm -hmm. in with some actual history. Like Warrior versus Honky Tonk is history. You know, mm -hmm. bring in Rick Rude, bring in, you know, someone that he had history with, but just Nightheart and 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 I don't know if you want to seg to this. I can't believe we didn't lead to the shit that we watched Neidhart do. No, no, we'll talk. We'll, no, no, save that. But I, but again, yeah. let's talk about the Ultimate Warrior. Again, my question is, what should have been a coup 
for TC right. Martin, which should have been a coup for NWC. This probably made the 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 PWI as maybe not a front page story, but it's one of the CM leaders. Punk signing with AEW. It, it's yeah, bigger, it's it's in comparison to I don't know about bigger, but it's in comparison to the CM Punk thing because people wanted to know what happened to the Ultimate Warrior. Right. Nobody knew. People said he thought that that's why I say it's bigger. It's the warrior. And I don't care. God bless you. Neck beards. Think CM Punk is one of the all times greats. He's not at the ultimate warriors level. He will never be at the ultimate warriors level. The warrior. I think part of his mystique is, is like kiss. He, he mm. really didn't do much just like the undertaker out of character. He didn't do stuff outside of wrestling and, and his runs were short. So, mm. He just was so impactful, and for that place to get him, and everyone's waiting for him to go back to WWE or go to WCW, this wasn't even an option on people's bingo cards of where he's going to end up, you know? Uh, so for him to go there, for this company to be starting up, having these other names, and then also you're telling me they got the Warrior 2 in Vegas when we got people just begging for a reason to go there in the first place, and now you're telling me I can go there and see the Ultimate Warrior? who I haven't seen in three fucking years, this mm -hmm. is bigger than CM Punk. And it's a smaller promotion, so you know it ain't going to last long because this place probably ain't going to last long, or at least you don't know, whereas AEW wasn't going anywhere with or without Punk, and they and they got him. It was, mm -hmm. But again, it was the, the, almost too the late. Biggest, the biggest difference, again, with signing CM Punk and signing the Ultimate War is resources. Right. TC Martin does not have the resources that the cons have right. to afford this to afford to make a mistake. TC Martin couldn't afford to make a mistake. This was a business venture that TC Martin was going to hope for that NWC was going to get to the next level and get to the level maybe let, let's say the AWA to be the third promotion. Like ECW was fighting for year after year of the ATW to be nationally recognized and it took him a long time and that caused financial strain on Paul E. Dangerously, and he had to fold. T.C. Martin was already three, was was a year in to get the Ultimate Warrior, but he was, he he should have went at the craps table. He should have been at the blackjack table, doubling his money, so this way he could pay his boys, pay the Ultimate Warrior, and then pay for bigger venues, because again, you got to get a return on your investment. And again, the Ultimate Warrior, with his erratic behavior, his reputation, to stronghold for money, and all this stuff, and again, the deal reflectionites was ten grand and spots. I don't know if he, no, he, they paid him to put his spots on TV. So again, the Ultimate Warrior was given everything, just like T Tony Khan gave CM Punk everything on the silver platter, and you still fucked it up. One more thing, TW, about the Ultimate Warrior, and and, and again, you you could talk about either way. Like I understand you was talking about Jim, why Jim the Animal, Nightheart, why Honky Tonk Man. Let's just put it this way. We're going to kind of put a hot. What are you doing? You, you're reading something? I'm looking to see how long that company was around. It lasted till 98. Let me ask you this question, TW. In, in this essence, we're going to kind of kind of put a little hybrid what if spin on this. With the roster that you see of in the NWC, to have someone like the Warrior there, I mean, in your in in your humble opinion, what is the Ultimate Warrior then? Is he your NWC Hulk Hogan? Is he your Stallworth? Is he the guy that that could be the 
the reason why you expand to the East Coast, expand to the Midwest, expand to Florida. He's your pillar, is what he is. He's your pillar. Okay, so what? And for that money, you, you, I mean, why give it to him if you're bringing him in for one spot? Because you're not going to make ten grand in ticket sales for the Warrior being there one time. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you, what would you do with the Warrior with the roster that you have? How can you help build the roster, but then you know that the Warrior commands not only the money. Maybe the the power or the p control of of the roster, you could say. Warrior always struck me as the kind of guy who just showed up. Tell me what you want me to do, I'll do it. Because the way he lost the slaughter, the way he did all that stuff, he just showed up and did it. I think okay. me personally, I wouldn't put the belt on him right away. I would I would wait to see how it panned out. Mm -hmm. If it was worth it, if I could keep paying him, because the last thing you want to do is put the belt on him and then find out I can't afford another ten grand to bring him back in to lose it, right? Mm, okay. So. The immediate thought I have is you team him with the first of all, the powers paint should have been good guys, not bad guys. Um, you already got those fat twins that could be your bad guys. You got pain and dread to be bad guys. Powers paint should have been your good guys. It, they've always been the fucking poor man's road warriors, so make them that. And okay. I think you team warrior with the powers of pain against whatever you establish as your Heenan family, right? Like you have a heel manager who has all these guys. And maybe one of those guys is the champion, and Warrior and Powers of Pain are chasing those guys for guess, their. Belt. Guess guess who became a heel manager in NWC? Um, Slick. No, I give you. No, you actually saw him on the on the TV. He's the he's the lead play by play announcer. Oh, that guy that owned it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he Bischoff That's before Bischoff. Yeah, he did that. That's what I'm just saying. That he he didn't see the eyes on the prize, but I just wanted to answer your question. But it's a good scenario. It's just like when you see the Ultimate Warrior, and like you said, it's the biggest coup of the '90s to get him. What are you gonna do with that? It's a it's a lot. It's a lot right there because not only can he carry it, he has to carry the organization, but you want the organization to expand. You want to you want it to expand all across the United States to be not a threat. A competition to WCW, to a competition. A place. You just to want to be, be a, a viable place, a viable alternative to both. To you know, if you can't make it in WWE, or the WCW. problem with it is, is that was like a very, very, very valley for wrestling. It's right before the blow up, which the blow up is what ninety six, ninety seven is when wrestling boomed. Mm, again, it depends the on who you ask. Ninety ninety eight was the boom. Not with the Monday Night so Wars, these guys dude. just missed it. Mm -hmm. When when did Hall and Nash come out? Ninety seven, ninety six. It was right, ninety six. Right? But that wasn't the boom. I mean, you, the boom where people talk about is money. The boom right. is ninety eight. I understand what you're talking about with the wrestling, like let's say the 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 talk. You know, the water pool. I mean, when talk was when did the eighty three weeks begin? Ninety six. Right, mm -hmm. and, but it wasn't it wasn't making money at first. No, Bischoff said that his biggest profit of the year of WCW was 98. Okay, so that's peak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you he figured... Build, he was building his money, but I get what... I'm just right. saying his biggest profit was 98, so I'm just answering but your this, These guys, then they fell off right in the middle of that, so then I guess it wouldn't mm -hmm. have mattered when they started because they couldn't get... But at that point, it was one or the other. You were watching WCW, WWF, WWF, and you weren't looking for other shit. I mean, that mm -hmm. basically killed ECW, too. To the point where they're both trying to bring ECW guys in to mm -hmm. one up the other guy until eventually ECW fell. But and that was the problem. They got Warrior too. 
Mm -hmm. first WWE got him, and then WCW got him for that stupid Halloween Havoc, which that was 99, right? 98. It was 98 for Warrior Hogan? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't happen. That didn't really happen. So I'm gonna tell myself '99. That way people can look it up. And they're just, no, they didn't have each other in '99. Oh, okay, men. Okay, men in black. But anyway, let's talk <laughs> about what's going on in this episode here because TW wanted to talk about a certain segment that opened the show. So I want to talk about it because it was a a, a storyline that it opened with everybody with the black Johnny Gargano, the black Daniel Bryan, because everybody had sympathy for this man. Everybody's favorite underdog, Virgil. He's going one on one with Thug. And I, remember, I say Thug because women are wrestling. I said Thug. But this was a different Thug. This was a male Thug. But what a way to open the show, Reflectionize, because <laughs> Virgil comes out first. And, you know, he had his music, Pomp and Circumstance. People, you know, he's kissing babies and all that stuff. But Virgil, if you notice, TW. Virgil was a little bit pissed off at somebody. I don't know if somebody grabbed his ass or something, but he looked at somebody from, from the back like he was pissed at something. But again, neither here nor there. I just noticed certain things. But when Thug You know how came, you noticed it? Because you were looking at his ass. But go ahead. I wasn't. But again, <laughs> neither here nor there. But it wasn't about Virgil, and it wasn't about somebody grabbing his ass. It was about the appearance of Thug and T.W. Oh, God. You know, like you say, what 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 wouldn't play in 2023? I, I looked at Denise. Be- I go, I cannot believe this guy. There was two of them. Yeah. I, I can't believe these guys coming out in straight up Ku Klux Klan hats yes. to wrestle a black guy in 1995. And then when they go do what they do, I go, no, they're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're gonna. And they fucking mm-hmm. hung him with a sheet. And mm-hmm. I looked at her. I go. I cannot believe I'm watching this in 1995. She goes, that's 1995? I go, yeah. I go, you do that shit in the South in 85. If it's the wrong neighborhood, you're not leaving that building. I said, if it's the right neighborhood, they're going to help you, right? Depending Mm -hmm. on where you're at. I said, but 95? I'm like, and me and Professor always say, things you can't do in 2023. And she said, or or 93, or 83, or 73. She said, shouldn't do. And I'm like, I sat there dumbfounded. I'm like, I go, A, now I see why I never heard of this place. And B, I can't believe I've never heard of this place for that alone. And my question to you is, in the last few years, they've tried to make the word thug a racial thing. Like mm-hmm. if someone's referring to people as thugs and it's racist when I've seen many people of many races get called thugs because uh-huh. it's an actual thing where people think they're living the thug life, if you will. I ask you, were they trying to make us think they weren't Ku Klux Klan members by using a term like thug to make it sound like they were something else? And I kept telling her, because you can't tell with the screen, I just go, they better be black under that hood. They better be black. I go, if they're not, she goes, they don't look black to me. And I'm like, I can't fucking tell, because this looks like it was recorded in 1982. I said, and then... You know, you kind of answered your own question, because with T.C. Martin and then Buffalo Bill as the the color analyst, they were kind of like using hidden words. They weren't acknowledging Ku Klux Klan. They weren't acknowledging racism. They they acknowledged bedsheets. They acknowledged it more as a ghost. But Lennon. they never, right. <laughs> they never reflection has acknowledged it as the Ku Klux Klan, and they never acknowledge it like this is this was 1925, this was right. 1935, circa Mississippi, 
And like you said, TW, and a hanging happened. But this was storyline driven that Thug acquired the services of Jim the Anvil Nightheart. He was under the bed sheets. And again, this was this was a Meltzer five star classic. Again, because there was storyline, there was purpose. He don't like storyline. He likes flippity floppity, one match after the other, no stories, well, no there, interviews. There was a, there was a hanging. That's five stars right there. But again, neither here nor there. But and I and I had to tell Denise. I said, you know, I go hanging a wrestler is nothing new. They've done it by belts. They've done it by bull ropes. They've done it by sheets. I go, but having white dudes hang a black dude. I go, come on. I'm like, who? And then she didn't know Virgil was black. Is again because of the screen, you can't really deal with it. We all know who Virgil is, so we know it's just a default. She mm -hmm. goes, "That's a black guy going along with that." I go, "Yeah." I go, "He's that's Virgil. What's he gonna do?" But I so, just was like, I, I just could not believe it, dude. Like literally, like you can't. You let me actually. People two are upset questions. this week because of a fucking roll of coins by Juice Robinson, which to mm -hmm. me. I didn't take his anti-Semitism. I took it as, shockingly for AEW, him referencing that he's going to hit you with coins because he's afraid of coins because he was picked on and people threw coins at him, right? I mm -hmm. didn't look at it as he was calling him a Jew. I think it was like haunting him with his past. Like, I'm going to throw quarters at you like your the kids did as a young guy. But then, and then well, Taz had to well, make the comment. remember... Even MJF said he was a Jewish boy getting bullied by, by people hitting him with coins. Right. So that's where I, they went I with this. I get the reference. But what I'm I, saying, what mm -hmm. Juice did specifically was like, huh, it was a prop. Like, hey, I'm going to throw these at you. Not because he's a Jew. He's saying it mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do this because you don't like it kind of thing. Like you reference it. Well, and think about it. Mm -hmm. Not the first time someone had a roll of coins on wrestling either. But until no. Taz says what he says, and then someone else says what he says, I'm like, I, I wouldn't even have thought that. My default would have not been to go to, he's calling him a Jewish guy because you want this money? I took mm -hmm. it as, people threw quarters at you, so I'm going to throw quarters at you. because. And by the way, everything they do to that guy is bullying. They got his belt, they got his ring, they got everything from him. He gets no... Mm -hmm. No recourse, no comeuppance, but I did not take showing the roll of coins. I took it as he's threatening them, like, I'm going to hit you with these coins or whatever, taunt you because you don't like the coins. But this. We, we, we learned, we learned something. What, what TW, we, we learned something. We learned something. What? Juice Robinson is from, Ham is part of the Hamas uh, tribe. So that's yeah. what it is. That's and why it's even more work. Jay looks like he could be too. Yeah. So let's go back to 1995, TW, and. Let me ask you this in the wrestler perspective, because to be a fly on the wall in the locker room between T.C. Martin, Jim D'Anville, Nyhart, Thug, and Virgil, to even have this power backstage, T.W., I mean, what say you? you? You be, I mean, again, the locker room is not big. You know, everybody dresses in the same place, especially in this kind of venue. So, T.W., you probably could hear T.C. Martin talking to Virgil and talking to Jim DeAnnable Nyhart, not only getting away with this on Las Vegas television or West Coast television per se, but just Virgil agreeing to this. And I don't want to go into the progressive, you know, wokeism, T.W., but it feels like Virgil had no choice but to accept this. I don't know. I can't. I can't say. I, and I'm not going to speak for Virgil. I don't know Virgil personally. You probably dealt with him a little bit here and there, maybe. You, but no, you never crossed paths. Never okay. Crossed paths so I'll, this is. I'm going to look at it from the. I don't want to say the wokeism part, but again, a black man 
and this is a white guy, you know, you know. I want to know whose idea the, it was. That's the thing. I'm going to go with it this way. A black man has no choice but to accept this because he's got to get paid. So what's H-E-W? I mean, again, you're the fly on the wall as a wrestler in the locker room, hearing I, ideas being passed I would back say and forth. 85, yes, 95, no, he didn't have to accept that shit. He probably already got paid before he got there. He could have been like, fuck you. And it seemed okay. like the kind of place of like, all right, man, you're not cool with that. We'll do something else. I know this. If I'd have been in that locker room, because I've done it, uh, not mm -hmm. necessarily something that offensive, but I've been in a locker room, looked up and saw some dude wearing it, I'd literally go, you're going to wear that out there? And I'd talk him out of it, right? Mm -hmm. The second I'd have saw sheets with holes cut in the eyes and knew they were working Virgil, I'd have been like, dude, come on. You, are you going for the any fucking publicity is good publicity? Because this ain't it. And I would have said that in 1995. I don't give a shit if I was the greenest guy in that room. I would have looked up and went, you're not really doing that. And mm -hmm. I've got examples. I told you when when we were doing the thing with the Canadian Imperial Alliance, we're doing an outdoor show in Flint, Michigan, where they wanted us to burn the American flag. I said, absolutely not. I'm like, there's mm -hmm. motherfuckers driving with a shotgun in the back of their truck right now that will see us do that. Who will pull that shotgun down and shoot us from a mile away for burning the American flag? I'm not doing it. And as I'm watching this, I looked at Denise when she said, he agreed to that. I go, yep. I had a guy offer me right after September 11th, within months of that, maybe a year of that, like that next summer, asked me, hey, man, you sure you don't want to change gimmicks? Because I was the Mexican guy, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? There's this little town in Michigan over here. It's where uh, Coldwater is, where Dan Severn's from, Hillsdale. It's fucking, they're probably still clan members there today, right? Mm -hmm. So this guy wanted me to wear a turban, be Arabic, and go on an anti-American thing right after September 11th. I looked right at him. I go, absolutely not. And I that was the end of that conversation, and I walked away. Because I would have went missing in that town, and that's that's... Like, you have to say no to things. If you don't say no to things, then you're just as guilty as the guy who suggested it. I want to know why Neidhart said yes to it. I want to know. Now, granted, 95 people weren't as afraid to do shit as they are in 2023 or no better. So maybe Neidhart's like, oh, so we're going to fucking, I'm going to unveil it and wrap him with a sheet and throw him over the top? Okay. Like, he might just look at it like, all right, and didn't think about what how that shit was going to look symbolically, right? Because, like the, I said if, to her... If the sheet didn't look clans-like with the point, if it I looked ghostly... Like, if you don't mean it to look like that way, you can at least get a black pillowcase. Don't fucking... Or a blue or right. a red one. Don't right. go... Because I understand that maybe this, these dumbasses thought they were executioner-looking guys. Yeah. First of I, all, I think whoever the other guy was under the mask... That has to be thug. That's thug. Ab absolutely. This dude was no chance... He was letting that thing come off his head. He didn't want anybody to know who he was under there. And if you saw him, he kept fixing it. And I thought they were still going to wrestle. And I'm like, is this guy wrestling with that thing in his head? I wrestled with a mask on that had fabric over the eye holes, right? It makes you want to say, I'd rather wrestle with a Stormtrooper hat mask instead right? of the Ku Klux Klan mask. But go ahead, TW. I'm sorry. But I'm saying this guy didn't want anyone to know who he was under that fucking hood. At mm -hmm. all, because because he absolutely of the three was very aware of how this shit was going to look. And that's why I think, do they think calling him thug means he's all world? What is what what was the point of wearing a sheet like that and then calling yourself thug like you're from the streets in a gang or something versus 
being a Klansman. I just, the whole thing just blew me away. And the fact that you're telling me this happened in September of 95 and they made it so at 98, mm-hmm. obviously they didn't go back to this well. Because it would, if they're coming I'll, at people now for rolls of coins, can you imagine what people would have done to that? Well, the way you're saying this to me, I think T.C. Martin just did one thing. He paid them a little bit extra to agree to do this. So if Vir- I mean, Virgil's, a bi- do this. Virgil's a businessman. So, you know, I'm trying to I'm looking at it from one standpoint, but you kind of like sway me to think this is wrestling. This is a business. I would say I'm trying to be on the side of Virgil like a black man. He's got no political stroke. He's got to take it. He's probably going to be gifted more money. So he's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to, you know, if, sure. you're gonna, if you already paid me a thousand, you're going to pay me a thousand more, two thousand dollars to get hung with a bed sheet. Sign me up. I'll do it. So well, here's it. here's also what he's thinking. I'll tell okay. you who should have been adamant about not doing it is Neidhart. Because Virgil's going to look like a victim. He's not going to look like the guy doing the shit to mm-hmm. the common person. Obviously, you got us who's saying, what the fuck, man? Why would you agree to do that? But like you said, money's money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, think of all the shit he did with DiBiase. That's right. probably where this was born from, was how DiBiase basically te- treated him like he was a slave. So... Mm-hmm. They're probably just piling on like this poor guy just gets treated shitty to build some kind of sympathy for him. The crowd was in on him. They were like, Virgil, Virgil. But I just I don't understand how anyone sat in a room and no one went and said, you know, guys, this is probably not a good idea. I've done it. I'll do it again. I will never, ever be the guy who doesn't say, guys, this is not a good look. Like like you said. If it was like the execution of mass, like those sadomasochistic make shits, red or purple, make, whatever, it probably I think it would have passed in, in small town USA because you're not thinking like that. You're just thinking maybe S&M and shit like that. But Virgil, it had to be this it, symbolically. He you, you're right, because the crowd was chanting Virgil. They wanted him to come out and rally, you know, not heels go over strong, but the hero goes over strong here. But again, it was two on one. Thug did not want to unmask himself unless that wasn't the real thug. But again, neither here nor there. I'm not trying to keep up with the NWC. Uh, and that was line. something they said. They're like, we thought that was thug under that mask or hood or whatever he said. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming thug had been seen before without that hood on. I, I assume so, too. So with that being said, Reflection Nights, we're going to go into the next segment. Kind of like we're going to combine the two, TW, because the point of this episode was the semifinals to crown the inaugural NWC Tag Team Champion. So it was a, it was the, the final four here, Reflection Nights. One half of the bracket was the Power Twins against Dreaded Pain. And on the other side, you had the Powers of Pain versus Aerial Assault with Rob Van Dam and Bob Bradley. So, TW, with that being said, we got some structure for this show. We got some importance because you're trying to crown inaugural tag team champions. And for the for the final four here, again, we already know the log- I'll say the logistics. Power tw- you already said power twins won on their side, aerial assault won it on the other side. But let's just talk about a little bit of both matches. We'll try to like hybrid it here as best as we can because you know it's daunting on the professor because again, just like AEW, AEW in its inception, TW bragged about his tag team division. And years later, you know, again, I, I, it's subjective right now, but the tag team division is nothing without FTR, in my humble opinion. They're the anchors, and everybody else is trying to catch up to them. I like Ricky Starks and, 
and Big Bill, but FTR should should be the anchors. They can make storylines and all that stuff. They're the ones. There's the reason. You got the final four here, TW. I we don't know, you know, how long we're gonna see the powers of pain. We don't know how long we're gonna see the power twins, maybe even dreaded pain. But we know one thing. TC Martin sees something in Bob Bradley and Rob Van Dam. TC Martin, like you said, TW, he can afford the aerial assault. But again, you have four tag teams, TW. So what say you about the tag team division in NWC? Because again, you need the cloud of the powers of pain. But of course, you're trying to do something by elevating up and comers. What say TW about this tag team? Well, what confused me was they're calling this the semifinals, which means there had to be quarterfinals, which is Mm -hmm. the original opening round. But the powers of pain did one of the absolute worst interviews of all time to set up this match and they said their first opponents were aerial salt so how are they in the semifinals against aerial salt if they haven't had any other opponents and pain and well, dread remember the native americans suspension of disbelief what what do we say in wrestling right they fall all over the world the nwc tag team tournament was going on everywhere in the world they probably the powers of pain you know fought in london fought in africa to get to las vegas to get to the semifinal they won the they won the south african bracket there you go see you know use your imagination that's the way i did it so what's the etw I, I think Powers of Pain are solid. I think the, the twin, the fat twins, whatever they call themselves. The, the power big, twins. Power twins, which mm-hmm. is, again, again, Vince McMahon wouldn't have Powers of Pain and Power Twins. They would have been called something else. Um, the only team there that didn't look good was Dread and Pain, and they didn't last anyway. Because, like you said, Dread and Pain was really a, was a hosh posh put together because, we well, t- reflection, as we go, I want to focus on the other guy that you talked about. Johnny Psycho. He's already character-based. They already gave him a storyline. He ex- he got released from a, a California medical facility or one know, year ago. One year ago from a sanitarium, quote unquote. Let's let's it's Arkham. We're gonna call it Arkham for some Arkham strange Asylum. reason. Arkham Asylum. So they released him. That just shows you California's liberal policies. You know, you just Cal- go in. Yeah. You, you just you you know liberal policies. You go in. You, you know it's the revolving door. You come out and then you come out worse. But anyway, neither here nor there. But Johnny Psycho had presence. He had a character and, and all that stuff. So you know the funny thing, TW. If you looked at it and reflectionites, Johnny Psycho is a doppelganger. Because if you looked at him very closely, TW, I know that the probably the copy of the YouTube was bad, but you'll go, you'll know where I'm going with this. And for the twelve that ride strong. Who watches who watches impact wrestling maybe there's one of you that watches impact wrestling <laughs> but johnny psycho tw you watch impact wrestling at least once or twice right sometimes okay he looks like eddie edwards without the beard i was thinking he looked like brian cage no he don't he looks like eddie edwards it looked like eddie edwards never aged he looks he's the dick clark of, of, of wrestling, if it's Johnny Psycho, he hybrid into Eddie Edwards. But I get where you're going with Brian Cage. If Eddie Edwards worked out. Well, they, they look like they had the same build, but he just he was shorter. I don't know. I'm just saying about myself. But there was more of a character for Johnny Psycho. There, and then if you want to talk about the aerial assault, TW, but Rob Van Dam and Bob Bradley were put together for one purpose. To be the Fantastics. To be the Rock and Roll Express. To be the Lightning Express, they were going to be the team that takes the most bumps, the most punishment, to feel the most sympathy, 
but yet you're going to cheer for them and they're going to come out with the win by any means necessary. They're going to come, you know, the, against all odds, aerial assault will be that kind of tag team. What say ETW about all that? And they, they, they did such a good job dressing alike and looking alike. They had the same build. Bob Bradley had the same hairdo as RV. Power, power twins looked alike. Powers of pain looked alike. They're fucking twins. Of course it is. I, I'm telling you, I was so blown away that there was two RVDs. I'm like, this motherfucker's a twin? What happened to the other one? And then that's when I went down the wormhole of figuring out who Bob Bradley was, thinking, I know that name. Like, it's mm -hmm. just insane to me. But they, they did good, and and it was not a, a horrible match. I mean, you know, Powers Pain are limited. Their, their promo is so bad, man. Ugh. And, you know, I had issues with two things. What's that? Warrior showing himself without his paint. He did have paint. He wore sunglasses. No, no, that was for the promo. He had the little tiny paint and the sunglasses. But okay. when he was in his gym working out, he didn't have no paint on. And then the powers of pain did their promo with their bandanas on and their gear on. At least put on sunglasses. That's what Sting and Warrior would do in interviews when they didn't have paint done yet. But they didn't even do that. And then they come out with paint on and you're just kind of like, eh, I've already seen you without it. I don't know mm -hmm. if I need it. Well, for the Warrior, I can answer that question. Remember, there was litigation against the Warrior. So everything was copyrighted. Everything Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon was trying to bleed him dry of his finances because they even said that the symbol was WWE trademarked. He couldn't do that if you didn't know that. That's part of the litigation. The name Ultimate Warrior belonged to Vince. The, the style, stylistics of his face paint belonged to Vince. That's what he said. And that's why, again, like that. Everything belonged to Vince and WWE trademarks. He couldn't do that. He wasn't allowed to do that. That's why the Warrior was trying to do other things, like try to like do a smaller version of it on the sides and not have. He had that in WWE once, the little tiny one. No, but he had to come back to WWE to do everything and not, you know, to settle out of court, right. so to speak. And again, in WCW, we don't have to go into 98 because he kind of like, again, they settle out of court so he can do a little bit more. War ultimate war esque things, but with that being said, TW, you know, there's nothing really left because again, I I'll say this with the semifinals of the tag team uh tournament here, TW, aerial assault the way they won, I did not agree with it. I thought they should have won the way the power twins won their match. I don't mind a roll up victory by aerial assault, I mind it by the power twins because the power twins were bigger. Right. Aerial Assault doing a roll-up on the Powers of Pain would have been bigger, and I think the crowd would have went crazier. Banana. I think it was – they would have went bananas. But, TW, I, I think it was kind of like, you know, it was an, it, an easy out to do the uh, – throw the referee over the top rope and just hurt the referee and get a disqualification. Again, you're trying to make me, as the consumer, as the fan, believe – that the NWC tag team titles mean something. Why would the powers of pain win the South Africa bracket and then come all the way to Las Vegas to throw the referee out if you don't think that the tag team titles mean shit? Because okay, they thought they were going to lose anyway. So rather than lose by pinfall and lose credibility, they throw the referee out out of desperation. It's like the Ric Flair rule. I might have okay. lost by the EQ, but I still got to keep this belt. But I don't agree with that. I think I don't we, either. I what think are you saving stylistics. Them for? What right. are you saving them for? Have those guys win with a roll up and call it a day. Right. I think stylistically. Have them beat the shit out of them after the match. 
They, that's what I was trying to say. Stylistically, a roll-up victory by Rob Van Dam or Bob Bradley on the pop on one of the powers of pain would have been bigger. And then to get the heat back for the powers of pain, like you say, decimate the aerial assault. So this way, I feel sympathy. I feel empathy, empathy towards them. But again, aerial assault, we're cheering for them because now they're going into the finals of the tag team tournament you know, banged and bruised and maybe even injured. So now I'm having more sympathy and I want to, and I'm invested more into aerial assault. CTC Martin, this is why your company went bankrupt because you didn't think, you didn't think, you wasn't focused because you were so focused on having the warrior on your TV. So with that being said, a reflection, I said, there's really nothing left to talk about. So I want to close on the NWC because of what it stood for, for Dave Meltzer, what it stood for, for PWI. And again, it lasted from 94 to 98 TW. So within its history, TW, you know, the heavyweight champion was the suicidal, the homicidal, the genocidal, Sabu. So this is 1995 TW. So Sabu, you can tell with like ECW, they don't do a lot of dates on the East Coast. So you can see how Sabu has to travel all across the country to various indie promotions. Like you said, he probably passed by the Detroit area, big city wrestling, whatever the case may be, and then goes from one extreme to the Midwest to go to the West Coast to do an NWC booking, and he's the heavyweight champion there. But as from my notes, Sabu got a <laughs> lot more street cred be, being the, I guess, the inaugural heavyweight champion, and he's having wars with Terry Funk. He's having wars with Cactus Jack before Cactus Jack turns into Mankind and goes to the goes to WWE, TW. So you know, for someone like Sabu, yeah, I, it, it dawned it dawned on the professor. You know, indie rific or the indie cultist of of the fans. I mean, hardcore fans, the tape traders. I, now I can I understand why people put Sabu on a pedestal, especially for the '90s purposes. He is he's a he's a '90s pillar for indie promotions. What say you, TW, about that that assessment? He, I. He changed wrestling around here because, you know, like I said, you, you look at wrestling today. You watch AEW, you watch WWE, you watch whatever you want to watch. It's still the same, same formula that it's always been. Good guy, bad guy, lock up. Good guy shines, good guy shines, bad guy. No, no, no. Bad guy shines, bad guy shines, like two small spots. Then the third spot, the baby face does the same spots, but back to back without a break and makes the bad guy powder. They get mm -hmm. in, bad guy cuts off the baby, beats him up for 10 minutes, does a couple false comebacks, then does a false finish, and then the baby face goes over. Sabu would come out, and he would wrestle somebody, and I caught on to it, so I started telling everybody I wrestle. Hey, man, instead of calling spots like we always do, let's just tell each other spots that we want to do, and we'll do them in the ring and just call them like, Hit two, miss the third. Hit one, miss the second. Hit three, miss the first one after that. And I mm. did that because of Sabu, and his shit was so unethical compared to everything else. It was pinball. You're just watching him do it. I, th and then, I think I think the word you're looking for is unorthodox. Unorthodox. Yeah, I don't know why mm -hmm. I said ethical, but unorthodox compared to everything else. And so you never knew what was coming. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think people loved it. And then out of nowhere, because this is ninety. 94 95 when i'm wrestling you know rico our first 11 matches they started in in may of 94 and then we became los Rudos in january of uh 95 mm -hmm. and 
and then we would do shows as Los Rudos. So that that part of '94 leading up to this, Sabu shot like a rocket, man. Like right after that, that's when like you're just seeing them all the time with fucking uh, ECW. You're seeing them, you know, doing all these things. I would see him in the magazines all the time, and and he was he was different. He wasn't. You could go up to him and talk to him, and he was cool. But he ain't coming up to you and talking to you. So he's just, he's introverted in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I'd ask him questions all the time. Like, hey man, does that fucking hurt going through them tables? Because remember how he'd miss on purpose and go through a table after the guy left. He would just put a mm-hmm. table in the ring and moonsault through a table, and then he pulled up his pants and showed me his knee pad. And I'm like, oh, he wore them big ass volleyball knee pads, and you couldn't tell because he had the uh, hammer pants on, so you couldn't tell how big his knee pads were. But yeah, but at, but after hurt. all those years, he still right. had hip it's replacement and knee replacement surgery too. Yeah. So it but is yeah, what he, it is on he, that. He he was a he was a worker, man. He was a working man. That dude was working everywhere. And like I said, he was here all the time. I would see RVD sometimes, but not as often as Sabu. Taz would come in. Dreamer would be here a lot. Um, too cold. But Sabu was the one who was he's a, he's a he's the workhorse, he and he and I would bet. Not that he would command maybe the world, uh, not warrior money, but he would command maybe that road warrior hawk kind of deal. Yeah, uh, but not. I don't think back then yet. If because- the if the magazines were doing what I think they were doing by giving Sabu all this kind of cred, oh, yeah. all, all all this his price definitely service. escalated over the yeah. year. Yeah, but I so, I would I was gonna say this earlier. He probably got the two fifty three hundred a shot. Okay, and then as he built himself up, and that's the thing, you put a belt on a guy. That guy's got leverage on you, like, dude. You know, I'll come in, but I, you got to give me three fifty, and then they'd be giving it to you. Because why wouldn't they? They wouldn't have put the boat on you if they didn't think it was drawn. And you know, by the way, I want to say this because mm-hmm. when we're on those Facebook pages, and I, I get it, it looks like I'm pro WWE, anti AEW. I'm not. I'm not. I will fucking criticize WWE when they need to be criticized. And I will praise AEW. But I want to talk about one person right now. Now that I've seen him for three weeks there, I still I still don't think if I was him, I would have done it. Because I think there's something about, to be said. Are we talking about Kopi? We're talking about Kopi. I mm-hmm. think I would have loved being one of only two guys that were career WWE guys, right? Never left, never came back. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't say that about the Undertaker because he started in WCW. You really can't say it about Shawn Michaels because he started in AWA. However, Shawn stayed when everyone else was leaving. Shawn stayed. Edge had the absolute ability to say, "I started here, I ended here, I never went anywhere else." Sting could have had that, even though UWF got bought by WCW. But anyway, now that I've seen him there for three weeks, I finally get it, and. Edge was an attraction in WWE. Like he would come in every three, four months to help Ray versus Dominic, or you know, continue to feud with the Judgment Day, or have his one off with Sheamus. Mm-hmm. I think for him to come back after his injury, for him to be there and only be that, he wanted more. So I don't think it's money. I keep seeing people write he took that truckload of money. I, I think it's more than that. And now that you see him, he's their Cody. He's on every show. I don't know if he did Dynamite or Damage because I don't know. What the fuck is it even called? Rampage. Rampage. I don't know if he did that. But he's no, on every di- show. Only Dynamite and Collision he's going right, to be on. But he's on every show. He's the focal point. 
he's going to be their champion. I don't know how you you got to have MJF lose it to a heel and then him win it from that guy to do it right. Um, mm-hmm. But he's he's the he's the guy, and I think that's what he wanted to be. He wanted to be a player. He wanted to be in the mix. I also see people saying him and Ricky Starks got legit heat with each other now because of that. Which, by the way, that's the first thing I saw when I saw him because he stumbled over his words. I don't think Ricky meant it to be personal, but I could definitely tell Edge took it that way, right? Like, fuck you, buddy. Uh, but that said, I actually, I, I'm still happy for him. I'm happy he got to come back. I hope it is a, a nice swan song for him. Same thing with Daniel Bryan. Same thing with Paige. I don't want any of those three to fucking find out why the WWE didn't clear them for so long. Um, I don't know that that's the place I'd want to wrestle if I was Danielson. And actually, fuck that. The women are just as nuts and take crazy bumps and some stuff like that. I, I hope none it's of those the, three. It's the generation we live in, TW, for the wrestling. Yeah, but, them. You know, they I'm all do it. Say this. They banned all those head moves when Brian Daniel Bryan got hurt. I still can't believe they're allowed A to do the curb stomp and B that kick that coat uh Sami Zayn does in the corner. Mm-hmm. Those have concussion written all over them. And of all the other stuff they banned, when's the last time someone did a pile driver in WWE? I don't even think they do it anymore. Few unless the Undertaker is doing his tombstone, that's it. Tombstone's much safer than a fucking pile driver. But that's, 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 the, that's the only one they do. But, but I just wanted to say, I don't think Ad Edge, I'm going to say Ad Edge, Ad Edge. He could have called himself Ad Edge. Yes, oh, I'm right. No. Tell him that. Ad okay. Edge. Anyway, I don't think he did it for the money. I think he wanted one last run. spotlight run, you know, mm-hmm. where I, it's a I drug. think it's terrible. I said, I said it here. It's a drug. The thrill yeah. is there. Yeah. It's the ultimate yeah. thrill drug. Yep. So, and he wanted to go out on his terms. Eight years was taken away from him, and he needs to catch up as much as he could. He's fifty, so I think I think he's got maybe two want. or three. It'll be fifty once. He's older oh. than me. Okay. So, <laughs> but he's got maybe two or three years if he wants to really do this and hone in on this, so that he could get the run that he deserves himself. But before we close, I want to go back to NWC because I want to. Again, put a little spin on on a what if. TW, I could see Los Rudos having a blood feud with Rob Van Dam and Bob Bradley aerial assault. Would you agree or disagree? How is one hundred percent? Those that's the type of we used to wrestle Sean Casey and Steve Nixon. Same Sean Casey, I think he was part of OVW for a while. He was at least part of uh not OVW. What the fuck is that's what the fuck? Yeah. What? Yeah, OVW. Is that Al Snow shit? Yeah. Sean Casey was part of the Les Thatcher version. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of Sean Casey? Uh, I've heard of Scott Casey. Not, not, Casey. not him. That's funny because he was popping up on my Wikipedia at the bottom, a black and white photo before he was the jobber Scott Casey. But anyway, those two would have been perfect because we were similar in size. We did similar move set. I didn't do all that bending shit. That RVD doesn't have skeleton. There's <laughs> this dude is different. But uh. But yeah, that, it would have been phenomenal. The four of us would have, we would have had banga after banga after banga. And we would have had psychology and we would, our moves would have made sense. They would have been timed right. It would have been awesome. Just like I think we would have had good stuff with uh, Public Enema. I think those would have been good matches. I don't know about the Pitbulls and the Eliminators. Those guys look like they fucking killed people. And I, so, so but I'd kill you- back. If I got hurt, I'd be fucking hurting you back. That's for sure. So, in essence, the best way for Los Rudos and Ariel Assault to have a blood feud, I would say, 
maybe you would agree with this, and then we'll we'll close out uh, Reflectionites. They would win the inaugural tag team tournament, and you would would you attack them being crowned the champions, or maybe a way a week and then make your presence felt? How would the Los Rudos book themselves to get that shot? Oh fuck, we would have came in and stole the belts like we did the hubcap when we came around for MTW. Like it's just you know stereotype shit. We'd have mm -hmm. came in there and just made life miserable for him, but never left him laying. Because mm -hmm. remember, we're probably going to be the smaller guys, but you got to cower. You got to cower. And then mm -hmm. eventually, that's when the blood feud comes in. We fucking hit him with a car or something like that and just, you know, get 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 deep with it. But absolutely, the four of us would have, it would have been good. It would absolutely, I know it without a doubt. We mm -hmm. would have had good shit with the Rock and Roll Express. I'm certain of that. Um, and it would have been that good. And with that being said, we close on this episodic episode number 176. We're getting closer to that elusive 200. So we did the national. We did the national. What? Stop singing. I'm trying to close out the show. But anyway, we did 176, the National Wrestling Conference or Council, whatever you want to call it, yep. owned by TC Martin. And, you know, they did it out of Las Vegas, Nevada. But with that being said, TW, before you give out those socials, you know, you talked about the rivalries, and I got a rivalry, and I know Big Ray has, you know, suggested a rivalry, but again, I, I tell Reflectionites this, I think about episodes, I think about movies, I think about spotlights, I try to think maybe two or three weeks ahead, so I was thinking about this last week when we did our episode of What If, when we were, we were prepping this, so I'm going to pull a curveball, actually, you said one of the names in your soliloquy, with Los Rudos and who you would have bangers with. I haven't talked about ECW in a while, Reflection Night, so it would it would behoove the professor because I got to make myself happy here that we're going to do a rivalries edition between the public enemy. Enema. And the, no. Well, you call them the public enema, but they are the public enemy, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grudge against Dead. New Jack and Mustafa, the gangsters. That's one of the I was I was I haven't done ECW in a while reflection nights. I want to make myself happy. So we're going to do greatest robberies edition. The public enemy. They're all the gangsters. Thank you for letting me know that. I know that TW. Both <laughs> of the new jacks are dead. Or new ja new I, jacks. Both. <laughs> I think I don't know if Mustafa is dead, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked. But God damn it, TW. Do not <laughs> remind me about this shit. I do not care. I just want to celebrate. The rivalry edition, and we are going to do the public enema versus the gangsters. So that's what we're you know going to do. From? Next. What? What the hell is a public enema anyway? I forgot the movie. Come on, it's the greatest, the greatest black character actor in the history of movies. You know, I'm getting a break. John Witherspoon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which one? He's the one? he's the black Will Ferrell man. If those two guys are in movies, they're better. Oh yeah, he, he did. It was Friday. He was like, he's the dad movie. in Friday. He's the neighbor in this movie. Public enemy. Public enemy. And he looks out the window because of the noise, and he goes, God, "Oh, house party, yeah, house it house, party." Yeah, it was house party. <laughs> so again, that's what we're gonna do: the public enemy versus the gangsters. So TW, that's what we're gonna do next week. So I'll get you some matches, and we're gonna celebrate these two tag teams because again, all four of them are dead in TW's list. But we're not celebrating that they're dead. We're going to celebrate the blood fuse. I'm going to bring out those matches for you. So, TW, give out those socials so we can finally get out of here. 
Oh, yeah. The Pro Wrestling Coalition Network sponsors us at PWC Network at Podbean.com. Also, Hameen Media Group can be found at Hameen Media Group at Podbean.com and at ChannelAttitude.com. Our show on the X, if you will, is at PW Reflection. I talked about our man Travis Volts, so he's at uh, he's at Nuts and Volts V O E L T Z P W. Travis, why didn't you go to NWC? That, you know, you, you you're not that far away from South, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, he's he making a comeback right now as we speak. He should have done it. Um, but, you know, neither here nor there. Ninety five, ninety six. I don't think he's even in Lima yet. So yeah, he should have drove down. Um, you can find Big Ray. Everywhere there's social media, he's at Big Ray Hernandez. And every Wednesday, you can watch him at the Next Level uh, podcast. That's live too, right? 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern time. On he's live. You'll get a notification on Facebook. I get him and accidentally go into it and get out of there before he sees I'm there because it's an accident because I'm working. But because, uh, that's, because that's he will Big actually Ray. he will he will give you the link so you can join the show. So he's waiting yep. for that. Yep. And then you can find me on Instagram and. Uh, X at T- Tommy Wonder 19, or you can find me on X at the Tommy Wonder, which is also my TikTok. My Snapchat is number wonder, facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. Uh, and then you can find oh, that's threads too, is at Tommy Wonder 19. Um, and then Big Vito and Noel can be found at Big Vito Brand.wixsite.com. That's W I X S I T E. Wixsite.com, and you can find them at patreon.com backslash the big veto brand and every week you can get an early release of the reflection video at twitch.tv backslash the big veto brand wrestling.wtf is the site if you want to watch wrestling the way the professor is helping me watch it and if, you know that's probably the only place you're going to actually watch the video unless you want to go on big race X handle because I know Tracker ain't gonna upload this shit unless it's gonna be a month later. But neither here nor there. But again, he's too busy uh, marking out for Hobbs. No, he's too busy marking out for Pulp Fiction. That and, and that Hobbs. Stuff. That was same same trip. That that too. But you can find me on my Twitter or Xer at PWSOPRF. That's PWSOPROF. And follow my brothers in arms from the PW Hustle, Billy Ray Valentine, and the Wednesday Locker Room on the Hami Media Group at Pobbean.com. At Obi Wan, you know me, and of course the man, the king of the reactions, Eight Track Brown, at the number eight T R A C Brown. And again, next week we're gonna do the rival rivalries edition of the P W R, the gangsters versus the public enema or the public enemy. Public and with that enema. being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful Dum Dum Doer, idiot song. Tommy Wonder, who should have been at the N W C, but he he forgot his, you know. He didn't pick up the phone, goddammit. But it ain't neither here nor there. But he, it's Tommy Wonder saying goodnight, and we'll see you next week here at the PWR Podcast at the Hami Media Group at podbean.com. Peace. That was apropos. <laughs>